0: Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and tonight we have the Dream Team uh, together uh, for a uh, very special uh, podcast, especially when we get to our Retro Roulette game. Uh, so, without further ado, Tom, Jen, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing pretty well. Happy it's Friday. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Fry yay, as they Fri-yay.
1: say. Fry yay. That's right.
0: Yeah, this is one, one of those Fridays I was looking forward to um, for a while. Not so much for, um, you know, being the end of the week, but because um, you've already would have seen this when this podcast uh, um, goes up, but uh, is the day before our final, of uh, the two-part extra live stream, and I'm doing, you know, most of the virtual stuff. So at this point, I would have gotten about five to six hours in of Super Mario RPG. Um, <laughs> so those starts will be next podcast. Uh, but, yeah, so... You guys know what I'll be playing mostly Saturday. Um, Let's start uh, with Jen on what he's been playing, because I know Tom has a very special announcement for his what he's been playing. So go ahead, Jen.
1: Sure. So, honestly, the usual games, you're not going to be surprised by any of this. Uh, Dead by Daylight, I finally got back into that after like eight weeks or (laughs) something crazy. Yeah. Um, They have released a few changes since, you know, since I was on break from the podcast i'm not going to go through them all but um the face camping anti-face camping mechanic is in there and um that's the experience that a killer was standing way too close to the hook when i was hooked and i saw the little timer going down or going up and as soon as it hits max on the bar you get to unhook yourself so i didn't get to that point unfortunately but i thought that was pretty cool to see that in action finally um and they announced the newest licensed killer is going to be chucky
2: that's so, a big nope for me. Yeah. The,
1: <laughs> the... Um I have heard he, he seems a bit overpowered, but he looks funny as hell chasing survivors. To be like to me, <laughs> I, he doesn't freak me out, but I I know a lot of people are freaked out by Chucky and dolls. So, I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to experiencing Chucky. Uh Tiffany will also be in the game. Um nice. I think she'll just be like an alternate skin for him, but um yeah, so more to come on that. I'm sure in the next I, couple of weeks he's going to drop.
0: I I didn't even think of the the doll factor.
1: Yeah, yeah. I for me those movies never freaked me out, but I have a very good friend who is terrified of dolls. Like she has a irrational fear of dolls. That's how she puts it.
0: Yeah, I was um, I was, I was so thinking like, more okay. thinking more porcelain doll with Annabelle type yeah deal yeah. than Chucky. But I guess they would work on the same um, fear.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. I could I could see it. Um, but aside from Dead by Daylight, I've been playing Phasmo, uh, you know, post-big update, so grinding to try to get better equipment has been very difficult, but fun. It's kind of bringing not only difficulty back to the game, but the ghosts are smarter and it's a little bit scarier now, so I've been enjoying that as well. Um, Seven Days to Die, I still have a subs-only server over on my own Twitch channel, so just playing around with that. Um, Minecraft, I got back into... The Tech It 2 mod, which I've never played. You can go to the moon. I built a quarry. Uh, You could do alchemy. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculously complicated, Um, but it's bringing my interest back because I'm learning new things. It's not just like the same old song and dance in Minecraft. So I will not learn how to do all of it, but I am learning things as I go. So it's been interesting as well.
0: You'll learn at the pace of an old...
1: Right. Oh, yeah, that's I feel like (laughs) I feel like someone that just sat down at the computer for the first time. And I'm (laughs) like, uh, all right. So uh, how does this thing work? (laughs) But um, I have a couple people in there with me who have been tutoring me pretty much. So um, that's going. But it's fun. Um, I played a little bit of mortuary assistant, which is like my Halloween Mm -hmm. tradition on my channel. Um, And that was terrifying as always. Yeah. Yeah. I picked the wrong body, so we got to experience an alternate ending, which I totally did on purpose. Yep, yep.
0: It's <laughs> always what happens when you screw up in games. Did it on yep. purpose. You guys did it on
1: purpose. It. You're welcome. Um, and then lastly, I've been playing the new Arc game called Ark Survival Ascended. It's basically a remastered version of Ark. Um, I forget. It's Ark Survival something. But the, the original one looks like garbage now compared to Ascended. So like super updated graphics. It's poorly optimized at this point um, because it just came out a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, but it's been fun. I, I really like playing that game starting over as a new player because it's so difficult, but in, in a really fun way when you're playing with friends. So, um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. So we'll
0: we'll switch over to me um, just so Tom can get his full amount of time. Um with the game um that he wants to discuss so me um uh, as as jen said um same old song and dance so far because um i'm trying to finish uh starfield i think i got like two missions left um i got to the twist in the game and the big reveal and now i'm just driving towards the end nice. um so i should be done next time i play um and then played a little bit more sea of stars i um, still loving that game i think uh in my way too soon list before I played everything that I want to play. Um that game is in the top three for sure, possibly number one. Um and so Thank I you. look forward to I look forward to finishing it. Um mm-hmm. and then um you know playing you know some of the uh sports games as I as I watched um some streams, which is when I was watching Mortuary Assistant um, you know, along that time. Um mm-hmm. but I think I think what I'm most looking forward to is having a couple of days off next week uh, or this week, I guess, because this is listing on Monday um, just to uh, get deep into Super Mario RPG and um, also possibly purchase Alan Wake 2 and start playing that after I finish Ooh, Starfield. Nice. Uh, because that's really of my list um, of games. I put, you know, I have my way too early top 10 that I sent you guys um, that's really Alan Wake 2 and possibly like a, a, a Oxenfree or I probably won't get Spider-Man this year. But, you know, to make it a full 10, I have to play at least one of the four games I have question marked here mm-hmm. um, for the year. Um, but or possibly two of them, just so I don't have to put City Skylines 2 on the top 10.
1: <laughs> sure. um,
0: but yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited for what's to come more than what I've been playing. Um Just because it's it's that time of year where you know we'll uh, get to discuss that stuff, and I've been reminded of some games I loved, and you know um, made some tough decisions there. But uh, one of the things I can't wait for um, is to see Tom play Sea of Stars if he's going to play it, Um, or Mm -hmm. at least get the feedback from it. Um, I'm going to play it, Mark. Not to worry. I just I, I I won't be upset if you don't like it. I just think it's something since it's free on Game Pass, you should at least experience. Um. So, yeah. Um, so, without further ado, Tom, you did something that you haven't done in a while.
2: I absolutely did. I beat a game. Ooh, Ooh
1: nice!
2: <laughs> I beat Super Mario Wonder. I was not expecting to get through it as fast as I did, but what a freaking ride Super Mario Wonder is! <laughs> if you, if you guys ha- absolutely have to play this game, just for the mere absurdity of it all. It's yeah. so it's so good. Um, this is definitely in game of the year contention for me. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but once you get to the last like two or three levels, let's just say you have to have rhythm to be able to to play to to beat those levels. Oh, awesome, boy. those levels are going <laughs> to suck for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. But, but maybe I should play those games streaming through the computer. Since apparently, I'm good with rhythm games when it's delayed, like Hi-Fi Rush.
1: There you go.
2: <laughs> I'm. Mean, it's the at the beginning. It was a little like there's there's some stuff where you get badges throughout this thing, and the badges give you like an extra ability. They're kind of it's kind of like Mega Man where it gives you a little like you can get a super jump, or you can get a a, a your hat can inflate and be like a balloon, and you can float. Or you can uh, have a triple jump. Like there's there's a bunch yeah. of different things that that you can do. But towards the end of the game, you actually have to start using them. Like for most of the game, I only used one. I didn't use anything else. Power. Uh, there's actually like an auto super mushroom. Like an auto. It gives oh, you, okay. I
0: didn't uh, see that. Out, one. Of the,
2: out of the gate, that one. It'll it'll give. That's the one I use most of the game. But towards the end of the game, you actually just have to start using them because. You literally can't get past parts without using the right one. So I I had, like, 35 lives going into the last world. I ended with, like, 15. So... Yeah. <laughs> and it was mostly on, like, the last two levels that I had most the most trouble. Because they, they have star ratings also on the levels.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen that.
2: And the last two are, like, five star levels. Wow. So... Yeah, it's been a long time since I've beaten a 2D Mario game. I think the last one I beat is probably World. I don't think I beat. I don't think I beat. Wii. I don't think I beat. I don't think I beat any of the the newer ones, but it
0: was uh, it was satisfying to beat this game. By Uh, the way, before I jump in with something. Yeah. How how old does it make you feel that Tom said I didn't beat the Wii one or the newer ones?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it also shows you how many, how many there are, in general.
0: Yeah. A, a console that came out in 2006, the game is not considered under the umbrella of newer games, and he's absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, it puts it. It puts it in. Uh, it it p- definitely yeah. puts it in perspective. I <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody say. Uh, like, they were watching Gilmore Girls, and they mentioned the Xbox 360. And I was like, God, that thing My is God. almost
0: 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. They're like the new hope... Xbox 360. And I was like, that's... I, ho- oh. <laughs> I hope it wasn't being played by the worst character in TV history, Rory Gilmore.
2: No, no. It was uh, <laughs> it was our ma- main man, Logan.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <you> got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I went to... <laughs> So, go to Gilmore Girls talk on the Game Ball pod. Who
1: knew?
0: You don't know what you'll get here. Um <laughs> Tom, the one question: Did you have you played any of the the bonus stuff yet?
2: I have not. Okay. I w- which bonus stuff do you mean? Is there stuff one, I don't after? know. If, I,
0: I don't know if it's because I was watching Kyle Bossman stream it. Yeah. Um, and there was one level he went into, which was like an endurance test thing, where it was all of the badges. Like each of the sections was a different badge. And, oh, that's interesting. And you could only you go so far. Uh, after so many badges and then you would get a checkpoint, but if you failed anywhere in between, you went all the way back to the, either the beginning of the checkpoint. Okay. Um, I haven't
2: seen that one. I've so seen, yeah. Yeah. there's definitely like bad, there's badge like, uh, yeah. trials. Yeah. Which I've done a good number of those throughout the game. I did not hunt, go like hundred percent run on this. Yeah. Um,
0: I wonder if the thing I'm thinking of is appears after you beat all those trials. Probably as like a final trial.
2: Because there was specifically one trial where I was like, "Fuck this, I'm not, I'm done."
0: Yeah.
2: It was, it, it was, I forget which one it was. It was, it it was like a wall jumping one, and oh, okay. I, it, I was just not having a good time with it. And I was like, I just want to, I want to like play through this and enjoy it. And this one level is really pissing me off. So I'm gonna, am gonna leave this one. Maybe I'll come back to it. Maybe I won't. But I did not go back to it. Uh, so I did not beat all of the trials. I beat yeah. most of them. But I didn't beat all of them.
0: Yeah, I think I think some of the stuff that pops up is, and this isn't spoilers for anything. It's like sort of like go to this level to collect a lot of coins, you know, or a special yeah, coin level, you know.
2: Yeah, they there's like break levels they call them. Yeah. Uh, so you it's basically just go and get a bunch of power ups. Yeah. Or go and get a bunch of coins, or go and get a bunch of flower yeah.
0: coins. Yeah. So and it's the all the little like weird L- lsd worlds are amazing from what I've seen so good! Um, it's
2: eh. it's so we- there's such weird stuff that happened yeah like there's there's one in particular that's that stands out in my mind, and you get the wonder flower and all of a sudden it turns like to shadow mode, like kind of like what uh inside looks like, yeah, was it was inside, yeah, where it's like you're just seeing shadows like it's all black um but Mario is like he like sh- his whole middle of his body stretches and he's like he's super tall so oh weird it looked, mario it's it's so weird he, I, it's hard to describe you have to yeah. see it yeah but it's uh there's just so much weird crap that happens
1: um,
2: <laughs> in this game I, I it's so good
0: i am glad that you uh did finish it it shows how good of a game that was that you with the limited time you have you know, you know, being a father and working, you know, a full-time job that you did play through this game fairly quickly. um, I did. With how, just shows you how good it is.
2: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. It it took way less time than like Final Fantasy 16 did. Yeah. But I I think that is going to happen. But I, Mm. I did put a good, I would say I put a good 20 hours into this. Yeah, I would, um, say,
0: I would say your average for a game like this, if you're just mainlining, um, would probably be 10 to 12. Yeah. You know, and then 20 if you're doing the size or you're struggling on certain levels. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also you didn't get to the last world and then 20 side quests popped up. No. Either. <laughs> you mean every side quest in the game popped up at the last minute? <laughs> 16. No. That's, that's one of the memories going back to it as I've been thinking that's been having it slowly creep down the list. As time has gotten away, I'm like, oh, yeah, that wasn't great. Um, I mean,
2: I understand why they did it, but yeah. it was a lot of work. Yeah. Especially for people who, like, wanted to do all the side quests. Yeah.
0: Yep. And from what I saw, I won't spoil it for anyone, the end credits thing looks pretty fucking cool for Wonder, what they do. Yes. You know? It was so.
2: It was very cool. I, I enjoyed the, uh, the end credits. Yeah, so. But, yeah, uh, you guys need to go get it and play it so yeah. we can talk shop.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um real quick, there was one new game that the two of us played, Tom, um, hmm. uh that I've forgotten about because it was during Extra Life. Um, you know, WarioWare Move It.
2: Oh, that's right. We did play WarioWare Move It. I what? I, I what? love that game. By far the weirdest like I was saying Wario Mario Wonder was weird. This game is like times a hundred. It's like by far the weirdest game I've ever played in my entire <laughs> life.
0: I can't that's I can't wait for I can't wait for next extra life or sometime in the next, um, you know, multiples of months here um, when uh, Jen will be able to play that
1: yep.
0: game, you know, because I feel like it, Dan had a good time with it, so I feel you would like it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he did find it interesting, I think, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, you know, he's very picky about his games, so yeah. I'm confident that you'll like it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yes, and uh, speaking of extra life, before we move on to the news, um, as I mentioned, um, we are raising money for Extra Life. Um, you can still donate to the end of the year, even though our two main sessions are over. Um, you can go to tinyurl.com uh, slash gvp, Extra Life. That's gvp, as in Game Vault Pod, Extra Life. Um, and like I said, you donate to the end of the year. We might be doing spot streams here and there. We'll always have the, um, or at least I will um, have the Extra Life um, you know, background up for the stuff when I stream. Um, I'm sure we'll okay. have it on the retro roulettes yep. um, through the end of the year, um, it, uh, except for one week, obviously around Christmas. We'll put Jen's beautiful Christmas layout uh, <laughs> that I'd love to do with the twinkling lights and all that. Yeah,
1: we could still have the uh, the little banner with the yeah. the the timer and the donation amount up, so everyone yeah. knows where we're at.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah. So feel free um, to donate there. Um, and hopefully by the time um, you hear this we have surpassed the $750 goal um, mm-hmm. if not we got to the end of the year uh, but yeah I was, thank you for everybody um, that did donate over the two weekends here we truly do appreciate it you guys are way too kind to us um, and yeah, um, yeah hit us up on uh, Twitter if you want to see me do any kind of short marathon stream for a certain game or something you know, that we could run, you know, if you, anybody wants to see that. Um, but yeah, so Jen, uh, why don't we move on to the news?
1: Sure. So we have a couple of stories to go over. First up, um, I'm interested to get both of your opinions on this. Um, we just found out Nintendo is teaming up with Arad Productions Incorporated and announced that they are going to develop a live action Legend of Zelda movie. Uh, personally, I don't know how I feel about this. But I'll give everyone listening as much of information as we know at this point, which isn't a lot. Um, And then I'd like to hear your thoughts on on this. But um, starting out, uh, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, who is the creator of Zelda, he will be taking on a producer role for the movie, which is definitely a good sign. Um, And he will also be joined by another producer, Avi Arad, who obviously the studio is named after. Um, uh, He, in the past, has produced films including uh, Spider-Man 2 from uh, 2004, Iron Man from 2008, and uh, 2023's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. He's apparently also worked on a few video game adaptations as well, including Uncharted and Borderlands, which is supposed to come out sometime next year. So... That's probably a good sign that both of them are going to be working on it. Um, And then as far as director goes, Wes Ball will be directing. um, And he's done the Maze Runner movies in the past as well as Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, So pretty much at this time, no further information is available. Like, We don't have a cast yet or anything like that. Um, So personally, I kind of wish they would have just left The Legend of Zelda alone. Like, I don't want to see this bomb. And that's my main reason why. And obviously that's not guaranteed, but This is the fate of a lot of different video game adaptations. So I'd like to know what you guys think about this.
2: I will tell you my first and pretty much only issue with this. Sure. Link is a silent protagonist. True. How do how do you translate that to a movie? That's my that's my biggest gripe with this. Is how do you make Link talk? He's never. I mean, he's talked in unless you you so you could go one of two ways. You can make Mm -hmm. it super serious, or you could play off of that zelda cartoon that we had
1: excuse me princess
2: exactly you you either go one way like super out there that way or you go super serious and he never actually speaks
1: sure and he's the quiet man yeah
2: (laughs) mark i don't know i don't know what you what your thoughts are on this
0: yeah so that that's really one of the issues but at this point you know i'm not some kind of like, gatekeeper, obviously, because I'm not Shigeru Miyamoto, um, to what they do with The Legend of Zelda. But obviously the character is called Link because he's the link between the player and the game and, you know, all that stuff that's been rehashed a whole bunch. It's um, the main reason you got to rename the character and all that. Um, so you could get around the silent protagonist in a cartoon, theoretically, mm-hmm. uh, but live action will be a little bit tougher. I think the one thing is I would like them to go with a... Um, completely new story Um, instead of trying to adapt one of the games. I think that's a good idea. Because A, you'll have a lot of of the, um, you know, bad super fans, not myself, that will Mm -hmm. pick apart every single little thing that was wrong if it's an Ocarina of Time remake, which I don't think... To be honest, if they're going to do one of the games, it has to be Breath of the Wild um, or one of the games where Link stays the same age throughout the whole game. Yeah. Um,
2: um, or if they go, they could go like I going to say, they could go the super other direction to uh, Link to the Past and have it be wild.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. it, the, the thing is is that it eliminates Ocarina, probably eliminates Majora's Mask, because you need to know Ocarina to kind of, maybe you could figure out how that,
2: Yeah, I, know, don't, I don't know yeah. that they'd go that path.
0: But yeah, those two are eliminated. Wind Waker's too weird um, for live action. For a cartoon, Wind Waker would be perfect. Um, the only other choice is skyward sword just because that's technically the first game in the timeline.
2: Um, I I know you would hate that. I I would, They would probably go skyward sword.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's either they go, if they want to do canonically or whatever, the storytelling, they would probably go skyward sword because it's, you know, the best way to introduce it. Even though live action would be kind of weird with, with, you know, all the, all the things that that entails. um, But I really think what they would do if they're going to adapt the game... And it's because Breath of the Wild is really the easiest to translate to film. Um, You know, just the storyline and all behind it. Um, You know, the other ones are a lot more reading the text... And not so much in the game, meaning, like, the first two. Um, You know, and Link to the Past obviously has its things that would be weird about it. Um, But yeah, essentially... I think it needs to be a whole new story because um, Breath of the Wild is the only one that really fits, and that's way too open world um, to, do, to do anything. Um, but I'll, I'll be fine with the movie as long as they uh, keep the uh, four races um, that are in Zelda, uh, which are bird people, rock people, fish people, and women.
1: Yep, <laughs> um,
0: That's right. So, so As long as they keep that in there, um, I'll be absolutely fine. I would be interested to see how much into on the fantasy route it goes, like how high or low fantasy um, in the sense that does Link have a little fairy with him, you know, or not how much magic is actually in the game, you know, Um, because in a couple of the games, it's like only a couple items are magic. And so it can be a very low fantasy game uh or movie but yeah i'll trust as much as the super mario brothers movie wasn't you know some epic you know movie of the generation type deal um i trust with miyamoto being a producer on that yeah um that he kept a lot of it true um to what what the game was about um while telling a new story um there um it's just the live action part is what confuses me because they could have just done yeah. the cartoon route like i was really hoping for a smash brothers cinematic universe
1: <laughs> that um, would be cool
0: <laughs> you know where they would do all these <laughs> side movies and then they all come together for smash brothers
1: yeah that's fine um
0: but yeah because you already introduced a smash brothers course um in in the super mario brothers movie you know where mario fights donkey kong that's um, right yeah no, that's a good point uh, but yeah that's why I, that's the only thing i'm slightly upset about but yeah as is all the super fan obviously i i talked a little long on this but
1: that's okay yeah
0: yeah i think i think i trust that miyamoto's there Um, yeah
1: that makes me feel confident at least that'll be decent you know
0: makes me feel that they won't take too many liberties sure
1: yeah yeah well i'm sure as soon as we have substantial information specifically cast and all that we'll be talking about it more
0: you mean Um, you mean chris prada's link
1: yeah (laughs) Actually, you know that would be kind of fun as a future topic, um, like picking our dream cast for yeah. We, uh, the sh- we should definitely movie. hold, definitely hold yeah. on. To that one. <laughs> coming soon, coming soon. <laughs> uh, but moving on for now, um, CG CD Project Red has announced that they are working on a mod editor for The Witcher Three, and it will be available for PC sometime next year, and it's going to be free, which is amazing. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, so this is relatively new news as well. Um, They just tweeted this out on November 15th. So their tweet is, and I quote, we're thrilled to announce that we are working on a mod editor for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. It will allow you to create your own experiences in the game by making something completely new or editing existing quests and content. We're planning on releasing it for free in 2024. Stay tuned, we'll have more to share next year. So that's kind of cool. I mean, basically, this mod editor is going to allow players to create their own in-game experiences. So you could choose your own adventure, essentially. Um, but bad news, if you're a console-only player, it is going to only be for PC. Um, a bunch of people were asking, I guess, under the tweet about that. And they did confirm this is this is a PC-only uh, mod editor. Um, but Makes again, n- no there, information th- on this, really, aside from that yet.
2: Are there mods in the console
1: version? I don't know. I I it's been so long since I've played it on console. I don't know. And if there is, I probably don't know about it. Like I I didn't know about it when I played, but
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that would work. I mean, I I think they got it working in Skyrim, but I don't mm-hmm. know how it would work in The Witcher.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But um it's pretty cool that you can uh, change your own experiences and stuff. That that game is refusing to go away, which is hilarious. <laughs> um Moving on to a pretty big topic we cover every year, and that is the Game Awards, which time is flying because it is rapidly approaching. Yeah, Um, I got to get ready for my (laughs) stream. That's right. (laughs) So I figured we could put in a little reminder here for everyone, a little pre-announcement that, as always, you know, we'll be covering this uh, live on Twitch, hopefully. Um, But the Game Awards is going to be airing on December 7th this year at 730 Eastern Time um, and hosted by Jeff Keighley, as always. Um, so as we all know, there's a huge, long, full list of categories and nominees, and I am not about to go through all of them because that would take me over a half hour at least. Um, but I did want to mention the few game of the year nominations. And if anyone also listening wants to get involved with the voting, it's actually open now for fans to participate in over at the game awards website. So and, that's pretty
2: cool. Can we win a steam deck is the real question.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so the game of the year nominations are Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three. None of these are surprising, by the way. Marvel's Spider Man two, Resident Evil four, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So it'll be I, interesting, I guess, to see which game wins.
0: I, it might be a controversial point to make here, but I actually think that RE four might be the weakest link in that. I, that- I, don't, I don't.
2: Here, here's my issue with it. They did not put Final Fantasy 16 on it, which I know it's a it's a game that some people really like, some people don't like. But Resident Evil 4 is like the same game. It's just it's an up-res version of, yeah. of Resident Evil 4. Why did you have that on instead of
0: uh Final Fantasy 16?
1: I'm kinda surprised that Alan 2 is on there, to be honest.
0: I was the critics make this these nominee lists, and that was yeah. a critic darling when it came out, yeah. so I'm not shocked that it's there. Did it? Did it is it out? Is Alan yeah. out? Yep, it's mm-hmm. out,
1: Recent, it's out a couple a weeks recently, weeks ago. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was an October release, yeah. okay. But yeah, but it, critics love that, and I heard even from non critics that it's it, really really good, so um, not surprised there. I'm just surprised they didn't, um, I don't know, the RE4 remake while. Probably really, you know, good. I played through most of it. Um, I don't know. I felt that there, sh- there was probably another game, even like indie level game, you know, that yeah. you could have put up there. Yeah, um, it's, I just, it's
2: just it's weird to me that a remake. It's a straight remake. It's not like it's Final Fantasy VII remake. It's yeah. And not yeah. only that, it's like the third time it's been remade, <laughs> right? Isn't there already a, a there Red was a Steel remaster? War? Yeah, right. yeah. There's so. a remaster.
0: This is there are things that are slightly different in this. As someone that played both, but my point is, is that I didn't. It you know it didn't crack high on my list playing it. Um, you know yeah, it was, there there's like there's there's even like you know games like Lies of P and you know things like that that you know probably deserve it. But we can we can have this discussion game of your stream. That's but true. that's just the you know first thing that you know popped off. It just felt like. Yeah, critics had to put a certain amount of games and, you know, just put a game they remembered,
1: you know. It,
2: yeah, That was definitely the outlier to me. I yeah.
1: Agree. yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, again, more to come on this uh, in a few weeks, which is crazy. Yeah, which means
0: it'll win, Tom, but... <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? I, I'm sure. I'm sure like, it'll win. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll see. If Alan,
2: if Alan Wake does not win, it'll be RE4. <laughs> All
1: right. So, uh, last news topic for me. Um, Valve has announced That we will be getting the first upgraded version of the Steam Deck which is going to be called the Steam Deck OLED so pretty simple name there Um, and as of us recording this right now it is actually already available for purchase because it released on November 16th Um, so basically this improved Steam Deck is going to have as the name alludes to an HDR OLED screen which will make the colors more vibrant Um, It's also going to have a larger battery, which they're saying should give users anywhere from 30% to 50% more battery life, depending on the game being played. Um, And then the OLED screen itself also uses less battery power as well, which helps, you know, improve the battery life overall. Um, They're also saying it's going to feature an updated and more efficient AMD APU and Wi-Fi 6E. Um, So Valve is saying that this should result in download times up to three times faster uh, because there's going to be increased bandwidth and lower latency. Um, and then lastly, it's supposed to run cooler as well because it has a bigger fan and improved thermals, and it's 5% later than the original Steam Deck. So um, some pretty decent, I feel like some pretty decent improvements here. Um, I know... I have, t-
2: I have to say, these were like all of the things that I wanted in the original Yes,
1: Steam. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know you had mentioned that you were glad that you didn't get the original steam deck because these are all things that we wanted to see the first time around. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, yes. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad (laughs) if I won it last year at the game awards, but. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm glad that I, I would have
2: taken a free one. Let's be honest. But (laughs) the seeing all of these things makes me go, man, Mm -hmm. do I need a steam deck
1: right now? Yeah. Now it's, it's getting, it's getting to us, I think. (laughs) Um, so, my favorite, my favorite thing, jumping ahead a little bit from my notes, my favorite thing are the storage options, because if you remember, the original Steam Deck starts out pretty small and the beefiest storage options, not that great still. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at some much larger storage options here, too, which I love. Um, so and you can
2: still upgrade it, which is exactly
1: awesome. Yes. So overall, there's going to be three versions purchasable or actually there are three versions purchasable. Um, so the basic specs, it's going to have a 1280 by 800 HDR OLED display. It's going to have a 7.4 inch diagonal display size. As I said earlier, a 6NM APU and Wi-Fi 6E, a 50 watt hour battery, uh, which is about three to 12 hours of gameplay, depending on the game again. Um, and then a 45 watt power supply with a little bit less than a three foot cable that it's going to come with. Um. Now the three different storage options. Um, the first one is the lowest, the 512 gigs, which the original Steam Deck that was the highest that you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the lowest. It's going to be, or it is, 549 dollars. And aside from the specs I mentioned, it'll also come with a carrying case and a Steam profile bundle. Um, the next tier up is a one terabyte for 649 dollars. Um, And aside from the carrying case and the steam bundle, uh, steam bundle, it will also give users an exclusive startup movie and exclusive virtual keyboard theme, which I think that's kind of lame, but whatever. (laughs) And then it
2: comes with a a case, doesn't it?
1: It does. Yes. It just comes with the same case as the 512 gig does. Unless it's slightly different. They didn't say. Well, um, I think this
2: one also has an anti-glare screen. there's the the other big thing.
1: That's good. That's nice that there's something else included in there. Um, Because the third tier is still one terabyte, but they're calling it the limited edition one terabyte. Um, This one's only available to the US and Canada, and it's selling for $679.
2: Bucket, rest of the world.
1: Yes. And um, this one will have an anti-glare etched glass screen, um, and also a limited edition carrying case with a removable printed liner. So that was a very specific thing that they mentioned. So I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> maybe someone's like, oh my god, that's it! I'm doing it for I, those reasons. But uh, yeah,
0: I thought it would have day one uh, inscribed <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, it whatever, is, or, or whatever's one. on your Xbox One controllers. It <laughs> it it is a different color. It does have like
2: it's like um, a see through. It's smoked. It's got a smoked case instead of a like a a standard. Black case, black case and it's and it's got like red joysticks so okay. it does look a little different it's well, not just good. like oh they said it's limited edition and that's it Great.
1: <laughs> right. so. so yeah um interestingly now that this new version has launched um the steam deck oled is now the default steam deck moving forward so valve is currently phasing out the original lcd models but you can still get your hands on one if you want um and they've been discounted in price which is nice so it will now cost $349 for the 64 gig, 399 for the 256 gig, and 499 for the 512 gig. So, if anyone out there's still dying for the original LCD model, you can still purchase them. And it's um, and it's cheaper, which is amazing, like almost $200 cheaper for the biggest for the biggest uh the 512 gig one. So, um yes. yeah, but that's that's all I have on my end for news. All right, and
0: Speaking of the Steam Deck, that'll lead us into our main topic, and uh, we're talking about handheld games here, and we have a special guest joining us, Uh, Jonathan, say hello to the audience.
3: Hello, I am here as a handheld aficionado, and also to tag in for Jen, to literally save her ass.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yes. uh, She can't
3: sit down for too long for people uh, who haven't heard her say that on their streams. Anyway.
0: (laughs) yeah. So Jen taking a little break here in the podcast between the news and Retro Roulette. Um, Let her take a little breather, tag out, um, just so us three guys here can discuss handheld games. And Tom, why don't you introduce your, you know, genesis for this topic and, you know, what we'll be discussing. Sure. So recently
2: we've seen a deluge of of handheld PCs come out following the Steam Deck and the Nintendo Switch also. Um and it just has brought to light that man, handheld gaming is back with a vengeance and there was a time when handheld gaming really wasn't as popular as it is now. Um but I like to call this the rise, fall and rise again of handheld gaming. I think I think we've gone through ups and downs in uh handheld stuff and I just wanted to talk about it. I'm um I would I would like to start at the beginning. I mean the the Game Boy was a juggernaut. There was nothing that could touch the Game Boy, and everybody had one. Grandparents had them, kids had them, teachers had them. I mean any anybody you could think of had a Game Boy, and there was a game for them. There, uh, I mean Tetris was loved by everybody, yeah. uh, and it being a pack-in game with the Game Boy, people kind of just bought it for tetris and that was it there was their tetris machine
0: yeah it was um, the original wii sports yeah exactly
2: um for... eventually they they included a mario game because they thought man this is a nintendo system it should have a mario game but originally the tetris was the killer app for the game boy and it it definitely showed the game boy is the most pop what still one of the most popular systems of all time for including Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket, which essentially they're all the same thing. I think that's cheating because it is there's cheating. Definitely I, a lot of people I, who
1: buy a Game Boy Color.
2: I agree, it's kind of cheating, but they all play the same. They're all they are all based on the same hardware, even yeah, though the I, Game Boy Color is
3: a little a little more powerful. To, yeah, to me, they're different because the game there were a lot of games that were exclusive to the Game Boy Color, and so yeah, there I, were I, I, a lot yeah, of people who would have bought a Game Boy Color as a like, new version of the Game Boy. Like, not
0: just... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would was- agree in the sense that if there's exclusives, then you can kind of separate them. Um, and, and especially with the bring whole new hardware. I guess I guess you get into a little discussion with whether that theory that I just put out there is true when you start talking about the 32X and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, at least in a handheld world, that's how I would dictate it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I had Game Boy, um, you know, growing up as we all did. Um, just be sure not to play it out in the sunlight or um, anywhere where you need any backlighting and um, uh, you know the first run of that stuff not not realizing that you do need those things. Um, but yeah the the thing I liked about Game boy and then I'll let you boys jump in with the you know offshoots and all that stuff because I only had an original game boy. Um, I, I ended up playing a lot of weird games on it more than um, you know the NES. Uh, that I had in the and the Super Nintendo uh, by then. like um, Obviously, I had Tetris. Super Mario Land is a weird game. I had that. Um, played this really weird football game. It was play-action football, I believe it's called. And basically, you were just little dots on a football field um, running around, um, you know, and then playing some of the ports that came over, like Burger Time and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it wasn't... It was more that I had... I think I might have played more with the Game Boy, but play had less games, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, in, my, in my arsenal for that. But yeah, the Game Boy, you know, I probably got out of the Game Boy right around the time when the most popular Game Boy game ever was released um, because I do not fall in that category uh, for Pokemon. But yeah, so the Game Boy, while I probably wanted a, a color, Um, just because I do want new hardware um, when it comes out and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I had the old green screen Game Boy and about all my experience with that. And I wore those batteries out um, on that system.
3: I think that's a good segue to me. Yeah. So um, I am younger than you. And um, so my parents got divorced when I was three. And so that meant that, like, we had... Like a console at my mom's house and a console at my a different console at my dad's house, and so I didn't get to play a lot of like I never got very far in any PlayStation or N sixty four games because I would have like I couldn't play it on the weekends essentially. Um, but uh, so this like solution to this is I got a Game Boy Color. That was the first one that I got. Um, and when we were at Target to buy, uh to buy a game boy we asked the guy like what game should i get i don't know what any of these are um and he looks at me and i'm the small child and he's like you should get pokemon that's the game that you want <laughs> i don't even bother like i'm not even gonna bother asking you what you're interested in you should get pokemon <laughs> um and so then i played pokemon and then i love that and then got into or um there are a lot of other game boy games that i have fond memories of and stuff but um it it was like my most played console at that time because it was easy to take with me everywhere.
2: Yep. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I got a Game Boy later on. I did not get it when it first came out. I got it um it was my console between NES and a PlayStation was the next console we had. So we we got had gotten the Game Boy in between there because we spent a lot of time traveling also. I've I have family that lives 6 to 7 to 10 hours out of the way. <laughs> so, we spent a lot of time in the car, so the Game Boy was perfect for that. And Pokémon was the perfect game for the Game Boy for that kind of trip because you could sink so much time into a Pokémon game, especially the original ones because they <laughs> they uh they made you do a lot of grinding. So, it was definitely a time sink. I love the original versions, though. And I that that was really It's interesting because there was kind of a lull there in the Game Boy until Pokemon came out. Then it, again, skyrocketed. It was the same thing as Tetris. Skyrocketed, probably one of the most popular games ever released for the Game Boy, or the most popular. I don't know. Tetris may still have it. But that that was uh, definitely another peak for the Game Boy. And I think after that happened, Nintendo kind of got complacent. They didn't really do a whole lot with the Game Boy. They made it a little smaller. They gave it a color screen. Obviously, there there were a few, a few Game Boy Color-only uh, games, but there were also games that played on both, and they had different versions depending on what Game Boy you played on. If you played on a Color or if you played it on a regular Game Boy, Link's Awakening DX comes to mind. Any of those black cartridges, you could play on a Game Boy Color, and it would have actual color palettes, or you could play it on regular Game Boy, and it would actually play. So that that was interesting that they did that, but I do think they kind of got complacent because there was no real um competitor. There was the Game Gear, but the Game Gear was basically a handheld master system that went through batteries quicker than anything I've ever touched in
0: my entire uh, life. <laughs> and there were and there were 6 triple tri- 6 AA's required to run that Game Gear, and it went through them in about an hour or two. Yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, coming from a, coming from a uh, your boy here, uh, played World Series baseball on his Game Gear. Um, so needless to say, one or two games, new batteries. Um, and so it was rough. But yeah, really in this time period, the rise of handheld games, uh, it, just a brief mention of the Game Gear is that literally it was like having a master system in your hands. So the quality was a little bit better than the Game Boy at the time in terms of graphics and colors and obviously all that stuff. But that meant it chewed through batteries. Um, and then for some reason, uh, Sega decided, oh, we had one thing out there to chew through batteries like crazy. Why don't we put the Sega Nomad out there um, that took Genesis cartridges and would go even more through batteries? Um, I ended up not having a Nomad despite begging my parents um, for it. But um the, thankfully. the
2: nomad was one of those things that I've never I had never seen until probably a few years ago. I didn't know it existed. I didn't yeah, know it was I, a
0: thing. Yeah, I basically wanted to just play NHL ninety four, to be completely honest with you. To just be able to play that when we went on vacation and stuff. Um yeah. because I was so addicted to that game. But um yeah. Yeah, this generation had a bunch of handhelds. It's it's like as we'll go on, um, you know, this will probably be mostly where I tap out for a good portion of it, um, uh, but, um, you know, the rise of games had this you had the uh, Atari Jaguar, um, I think the Lynx,
2: the Atari Lynx, yeah, yeah, and there was a the Turbo Express, Press, which is like a turbo yeah. graphics, and yeah, kind of like what we're seeing
0: now with you know a whole bunch coming to market, um, at the same time, and then it all seems to just sputter out, um, after Game Boy gets the color and goes. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Game Boy is a really good system. Now it has color. Um, I don't need this other shit um, that burns through batteries. Um, and then literally, Nintendo gets their hand on it. And then we move into, you know, that m- or what, mid 2000s where the fall occurs.
2: Yeah, exactly. So this is where we get to the Game Boy Advance. We get to the three different versions of that that came out with. At that and- time, there was, no- there was nothing else, Sega yeah, that- had nothing.
0: Yeah, that's essentially what we mean by fall, not so much the Game Boy Advance is an amazing system from Yeah. I uh, was gonna course. say Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're, I not was, we're not we're not I was trying that, to
3: figure out how to approach
2: this, but yeah. still like <laughs> fight this whole narrative. Like go ahead. We're go not ahead. saying the Game Boy Advance is bad. There's no in no way, shape, or form the Game Boy Advance is bad. The Game Boy Advance has some incredible stuff on it. It's got all of the, the Castlevania games that I think are worth playing after Yeah. Uh, Symphony of the Night um it's got there's like three or four pokemon games it's yeah it's a great yeah. system and yeah it essentially does, it does it very well it took what the game boy color did and just did it better which is what yeah. everybody wanted
0: yeah and essentially what i mean by fall here is the market itself it was just game boy advance and nothing sure um yeah. so you know nintendo had the monopoly on it not many people were doing unless if you were a kid or or kind of like in jonathan's situation and, and tom's situation of, like, traveling a bunch, you know, nobody was buying handhelds to just sit at home and play at this point, because the home consoles have gotten so much better.
3: So I'm, I have a, um, the wiki page of best-selling consoles pulled up, and Game Boy Advance is low, significantly lower than the Game Boy, and, and Game Boy Color, but they have, this is the thing I was saying before, where they have both of those combined, saying it was 118 million units, and, but I think that's cheating, Because that is covering, uh, what, 13 years of many different devices that people would have bought multiple Game Boys or, like, people would have bought a Game Boy Mm -hmm. and then bought a Game Boy Color later or bought a Game Boy Pocket or a Game Boy Micro or whatever. Because those are all very, like, there are huge advantages to those later versions. Um, So Game Boy Advance is at 81 million, which is two-thirds of that. And I feel like, to me, that indicates the Game Boy Advance was just as popular. It's just that people didn't buy as many duplicates. Um, but since I'm already talking, um, so the game, Boy, I got the game boy color and I thought that thing was great, but then I got the game boy advance and I absolutely loved it. Um, because I think the game boy advance, it was in the exact sweet spot where, uh, okay, well, so backing up, one of the things that I, um, like look for most in a handheld is games that are designed for that handheld. And so I think the game boy advance is, um, in the sweet spot where it is powerful enough that you can do like anything you want. Like, you can um, you can do racing games, RPGs, action games, whatever, all kinds of stuff, platformers, and they all look great um, with much better art than you would have. Like in, I, I mean, I think it's at least equivalent to like the SNES, right? Um, yeah. yeah, they said it was on
2: par with the Super NES.
3: Yeah, and so like, as long as it's pixel art, you can do whatever you want, it looks fantastic. Um, but when you get more powerful than the Game Boy Advance, then you run into problems where people are like, well, I want my console games on my handheld. And then the problem is that like the situation you're in when you're playing port- handheld games, like you probably might be in a noisy environment or can't listen to music or, or like can't listen to the sound or you um, uh, are only playing for like short bursts of time, like five to 10 minutes or something like that. Or, um, and also the device is smaller, harder to hold with fewer buttons. Um, you can't do exactly the same thing as console games. Um, so, and, uh, of the G- with the GBA at the time, the Game Boy Advance SP was my absolute favorite. I was like, this is the greatest device ever created. Um, now I think I would prefer the, well, <laughs> Tom, when we were at your house, you had a Game Boy Advance and a Game Boy SP. And I, yeah. um, uh, I think the SP is too small for me now as an adult, that the Game Boy Advance is a much better like form factor for holding. Oh, yeah. as an I adult. much
2: I much yeah. prefer the original Game Game Boy Advance over the SP. Uh, yeah. I, I've actually gone and modified uh, original Game Boy Advances so they have the same screen as the SP. So I right. can pl- I can play with the nice screen on the better the uh better form factor.
3: Yeah. The the big thing for people who don't know is the Game Boy Advance SP was backlit. So you didn't have you could see the screen at all times, <laughs>
2: which was like, mind blowing yeah. at the time. Mind yeah, blowing. exactly. Okay, but uh, well, yeah. I, once we get sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I'm done. Okay, so we get to the Game Boy Advance. The Game Boy Advance SP comes out, and here comes Sony with possibly one of the greatest handheld systems of all time with the PSP. Um, it was um, it was incredible to see how powerful they could get a handheld at the time. Um it was essentially playing PS2 level games on a handheld. It had a really nice screen, it had a really nice layout and Nintendo finally was challenged with with a, a handheld device. And it was a great time to be a handheld gamer because you had stuff, you had all kinds of stuff like the there were Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, uh was a Peace Walker for the PSP. Um you had Kingdom Hearts games, you had a you had Crisis Core, you had all kinds of games, and you could download PS1 games on your PSP. So this was unheard of. This was so so much past the Game Boy Advance, it wasn't even funny. Um so Nintendo was forced to innovate. And this I would say is another rise in handheld gaming. Uh where we had we got the DS, we got the PSP. Um and unfortunately at the time I was not Really into handheld gaming at all, and I'm sad about it because I would, if I had owned a PSP, I would have loved it, but I just didn't at the time. Like, it was, I was just not into having a handheld. But, um, Mark, I don't know if you had either one DS or a PSP,
0: um, not till later. Um, I got my PSP, I bought it and confused the GameStop clerk because it was well after like the Vita might have been discontinued when I went in and asked for it. (laughs) Um, I went in just, just to play classic PS one games, um, mm-hmm. on there while I was going on a long road trip. Um, so that's really my whole experience with the PSP is playing like resident evil two on, on a plane. Um, and, uh, I think, I think I had final fantasy seven too as well. It was whatever I had downloaded for my PS three, cause you could basically bring from your account, um, onto that, uh, system. Oh, that's right. Um, it had, and it had remote play.
2: How could I forget that? And add remote play for a PS three.
0: Yeah, Unreal. So, so yeah, it was. Um, it It was that was that was basically the extent. Um, of it. The the only thing memory wise PSP is that it was the first time I learned about um you know the battery issue, um for those type of batteries where they would uh, like get real swelling. fat. Yeah. Um, uh, because I found it you know after not playing it for a year or so and had a big fat battery on the back. Um, there, but yeah, that was was my extent, I did not have it I had a DS later, and the funniest thing about the DS I have, which I kind of can't find um, is that I just bought it I should have probably just bought a GBA because all I did was I I got that DS off my cousin um, for real cheap and then all I played was uh, Link to the Past for the GBA (laughs) version on that console I don't even think I ever played a DS game um, on it uh, but, yeah, this was that time period where I was strictly, um, I think I've said it on the podcast before, I was strictly in my, some of those, a lot of those games that are handheld or most games in general are, are just the things for nerds. And we played Madden and NCAA because, you know, we're cool guys um, yeah. for a few years there, um, like late high school, early college. Uh, before I finally realized, I was like, you know what? I'm a nerd. I'm a I'm a nerd. I <laughs> will play these nerdy games that I want to play, um, and not worry about looking cool. But yeah, this time period was definitely during that where I was trying to fit in. You know, you know, floating between you know the jocks and the nerds in high school, and just kind of trying to stay on the jocks' good side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd like Tom, I'm more on the flip side than Tom. Is I wish I was into handheld gaming at this point for the DS. Um, more than, more than the PSP. Um, just because, um, I have a lot of people that swear, you know, there's a lot of really good DS games and probably would have played the hell out of Ace Attorney, um, and things like that, um, when I was that age. But yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel even if we start talking into modding and stuff here, you two probably have better opinions at this, I, this time period.
3: I have so many things to say about these two systems. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry in advance for how long this is gonna be. No, okay, go so ahead. the first thing is I have to talk about my personal history with this stuff. All right. So I already told you I Game Boy Advance, I thought it was I loved it. And then the Game Boy SP, even better. And then um I didn't like follow gaming news at the time. So we would just like walk into the video game store and they would have new consoles and we'd be like, oh hey, what's the new console? And so I remember. We walked in and they're like, oh, we just got this, um, the new Game Boy in. It's the Nintendo DS has got two screens. The bottom one's a touch screen." I was like, that sounds terrible. I don't have any interest (laughs) in that. I'm going to keep playing Game Boy Advance, my Game Boy Advance. Where's the used Game Boy Advance games, please? And then um, in the PSP came out around the same time, uh, but like later, I think. Anyway, so I remember I walked into the game store. And they had the PSP and they're like, yeah, Sony made a handheld. And I'm like, well, I know I have seen, I've seen a lot of um, new handholds, handhelds come out that obvious, were obvious failures, like from the start, like um, the Nokia N-Gage. I remember oh, walking yeah. into the oh, game yes. store one week and they had a Nokia N-Gage as uh, like on the display. And I was like, this seems really stupid. And it's, and I, I'm not even going to bother like trying this. And then the next week, I went in. They didn't have a display model anymore.
0: Wasn't the Engage the one that had that really terrible Spider-Man game on it? That Uh, it was maybe. Yeah, it was one of those, or the one was the Engage the one that was trying to be a phone too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then it was that. There's a really bad tie-in with like Spider-Man Three or something or whatever would have been the Spider-Man movie at the time. Yeah. Um, That's just a really, really bad game.
3: So anyway, um, but the PSP came out, and I was like, Sony is legit. They actually make video games. And um, so I, they had a PSP, and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and get this and try it. This is going to be my successor to the Game Boy Advance. And I have a lot of conflicted feelings about the PSP. Because one, it is the number one example of the thing I was just saying that Game Boy Advance avoided, is once you get my problem with the PSP, is a lot of games for the PSP were not are not designed as handheld games. By which I mean they um, took like a PlayStation, like the mechanics and whatever of a PlayStation game or PS2 game, but you don't have sh- the um, triggers and you don't have a second analog stick, and so mm-hmm. you just you can't just do that. Um, you have to have different games that are designed for different controls and like a different form factor. And stuff like that. Um, and so I got the PSP and I was looking through PSP games recently, and I think the game that I got at launch was Coded Arms, which was an a first-person shooter. And Ooh, not good. The thing to know about the purse about the PSP is that there were a lot of people who made first person shooters for it. And uh obviously you should never ever try to make a first-person shooter for the PSP <laughs> because it will be it is just going to be, it, it, it feels so incredibly bad. I think I had to, I could only play for like 15 minutes at a time before my hands hurt too much. And this was as like a freshman or soft as like a freshman in high school. Like I was young, I did not have hand problems. Um, and, but now PSP is one of my favorite handhelds of the things that I have. Um, it feels very nice in your hands and it is extremely light. It's easy to stick in my pocket, and um, there are, like Mark was saying, there are a lot of really good games for the PSP. So I was curious about this the other day. Why is it that now I have a PSP that I love and it is full of games that I think are great? But at the time when I bought a PSP, I thought it was terrible, and there were I could not find a single game that I was interested in. And so I looked through the his or the um, release date like all of the PSP games by release date and it's the thing about the PSP is that it's not until like at launch there were racing games and sports games that were like well received and people liked them and when people say um, when I saw reviews about people liking their PSP at launch it's because they played those games which were good and um, they worked well on the PSP whatever I'm not interested in those there was not a game that I was interested in like a genre I was interested in that had decent reviews until two or three years after the PSP came out and some of the games that people that are like most famous from there like Danganronpa came out in 2010 five years after the PSP came out um because the Vita came out six or seven or seven years after the PSP so that's like a long life and as the life cycle as like the life of the PSP went on people got a better handle of how to design games for it. And so stuff like um <laughs> I know you two I know a lot of people are gonna say I'm crazy for this, but um Crisis Core and Birth by Sleep, I think are really well designed for the like for the PSP's control scheme. Um also as well as stuff like Monster Hunter Freedom Unite. Um again, yeah. people are gonna say I'm crazy because the whole claw thing, however, <laughs> you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem. <laughs> anyway. Um So that's, uh, and I think another thing we need to mention is that, um, the Nintendo DS almost sold almost twice as many copies as the PSP. Um, and the number one reason for that is because of moms, because this is before (laughs) smartphones and, um, the thing that was different about the DS from, uh, other handhelds, including like the Game Boy Advance and whatever, is that there were a lot of games that were popular with moms. With um, adult women, things like um, style savvy, elite beat agents, and um, you mentioned uh, Ace Attorney, other yeah. visual novels like that, um, as well Brain as um, Nintendo's, yeah.
2: Oh uh, yes, Nintendo. Well, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Puzzle I, games,
3: visual novels, um, rhythm games, things and, like that
2: really stand out on the DS. Mario Kart, right? A, yeah, a Mario Kart where you could play multiplayer with someone else. Without them having to have the game, mm-hmm. that to me that's I I always say that Mario mm-hmm. Kart is a, a system seller. That one just happened to be that much. I good guy, good guy Nintendo at the time who doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. would allow you to play Mario Kart with your friends up to four people, I think. Um, with like the DS would build its own wireless network and you could all play Mario Kart together without having to have the game. Only one person had to have it. Yeah, local multiplayer.
3: Yeah, um, and the you like thinking about who that use case is for. Again, it's like moms. You buy one instance of this game, and then you buy a DS for like you and a couple and your kids, and um, or even just one copy of the game, and then a DS for the different kids. And that could even be like a used one or whatever, um, yeah. passing them along. And so yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the one thing to mention at the PSP. Um, If I am correct, um, the crazy thing about it is that the PSP probably had the best version of a Persona game, because Persona, Persona 3
3: portable, portable is definitely the best version yeah. of that game.
0: Yeah, and which is wild, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. for the type of game that is um, that, um, which is why I'm slightly upset that the one that the uh, remake is leaning more towards the PS2 version.
3: So, um, yeah. Okay. I, I guess we'll talk about this. Okay. The, the reason...
0: Let's not the, go too far
3: off, off no, topic. was no, we'll real fast. It's, this is on topic, sort of. Um, so Persona 3 was on the PS2. Persona 3 Portable was a port of it for the PSP. The reason that people like Persona 3 Portable better is because, one, I think it has some quality of life changes, but the two major changes are, one, there's a female protagonist, and um, there are uh, a lot of... So for um, people who don't mind playing as a male protagonist, it the female protagonist has like slightly different lines and a slightly different story. So yeah. it's more content out of replaying the game. Um, also, you could play as a girl, which a lot of people who play Persona want to be able to do, and they refuse to let you ever do that because the people in charge for a very long time are very misogynist. Um, the other thing... That I don't hear people talk about as much, but I think is huge, is that you don't walk around in P3P. Um, in Persona oh, Three, you have to walk the through halls.
2: You, I was gonna say, yeah, you pick, you pick where you want to go, and it just gets you there, right?
3: Yeah, it shows you a map of the dorm, and you um, uh, yep. like move a cursor to choose where you want to go, which um, is stylized really well. It's it's like a gorgeous looking map, and it gives you a better sense of the like space. Um, yeah. And also, it cuts out a bunch of, like, bullshit walking down a hallway... uh, walking down a boring hallway.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... Yeah, I was... Mostly, it was the... When I played through, I played the, you know, female side of the story. And I was kind of wishing they would give you that opportunity again. Um, But, yeah, what what I loved about, um, uh, you know, Portable was exactly what Jonathan said, the map. And it felt like a much better version of the game, you know, when I played the original later... Um, you know, by accident mostly because I kind of didn't realize they were two separate things. <laughs> um, I thought <laughs> I was confused when there was only a male character. But, um, yeah, I think that was one of the good, good surprise things. And, um, I think the, you know, the PSP, um, in a sense, um, you know, was more trying to be, I think, at times more than it it could be. Um. You know, early on in its lifespan, and then by the time you know it figured out what it was, the the technology was a little too old at that point, um, which is why I think the next one we're moving into, even though I never played it, I feel the PSP's long lifespan and not great reputation in terms of sales um, yeah. kind of hurt. You know, the Vita, which may have been a better um, I- version of the PSP.
3: Sorry, I think one more thing we need to mention yeah, is correct. that the PSP yeah. did not sell that well in the US. It was extremely popular in Japan. And yeah. um the and so like there are a lot of games, it got a lot of love. It is a beloved system just not necessarily in the US.
2: Yeah. I would I would agree it's a much bigger system in Japan than it is in the US. Um but you know, it's it still was pretty popular in the US enough to give Nintendo a run for its money. Um and again this is kind of where we're going to hit that that downturn cuz the Vita came out and it was a really interesting system. It should have been it should have been more popular, but for whatever reason it just wasn't. They I don't know if it was bad marketing, it was bad They marketing. didn't have the they didn't have the right games. I mean, they a lot of people will call that the JRPG machine, which is true. It it, it is very JRPG heavy. But it's so much more.: I know. It, I agree. It, it should like I said, it should have been way more popular than it was. Um, and at the same time, Nintendo's releasing the 3DS, which, in all intents and purposes, was a bomb when it first came out.
3: I was going to say it feels like dog shit in my hands.
2: Go <laughs> ahead. It was, it was so bad that they had to give people who bought the, bought it out of the gate like a, disca- a discount because they, they cut the price so much after it wasn't selling. They had to give them a discount and they also gave them, I forget how many games, but it was like a number of um, GBA games to download, which you could never download again. like If you have an ambassador system for a 3DS, those games were never released for the 3DS again after that, which is weird to me that they yeah. did that and then didn't didn't do it again but um yeah the 3DS was not good and the Vita was not selling so this was like the the next downturn of of handheld gaming cuz those were the only two things you had it was the and neither of them was a very good option at the time the 3DS I, didn't have anything that actually played to the 3D very well 3D didn't work very well to begin with it was headache inducing the screen was kind of shit it was not it wasn't great it did and it didn't feel good when you were holding it like jonathan said it feels like dog shit in your hands i i have
3: a lot to elaborate on with that and much bunch nicer things to say about it but yeah i'll wait my yeah, turn
2: but but to start they did not do well um i have a vita i have an original oled vita uh i love it i i th- i mm-hmm. i bought it well after the fact but i um uh, i really enjoy it i think it's one of the best ways to play so it's actually a bet it's a better PSP than the PSP personally. Uh the way that the, the Vita scales PSP games on it is incredible. It looks the OLED screen is so nice. Uh it feel it I feel like it being bigger helped a little bit too. I feel like it it, it helped the overall feel of the uh system. It was more comfortable. It had gimmicks that no one ever used with the stupid back touch touch panel
3: (laughs) yeah i was thinking about that when you said it was more comfortable
2: (laughs) if you didn't have to worry about the back touch panel it was more comfortable but if if you were playing a game that needed that you had to like claw your hands up and that that did cause some problems do you want to explain this for people sure so the if you if you have a ps5 or you've seen a ps4 or ps5 controller that has the touchpad in the middle of the controller. It basically had that on the back of the of the Vita. It wasn't textured, but it was it was the same type of thing where games would use that for no apparent reason other than it was there, so they had to use it. Like I think there was an Uncharted game that used it a ton. Um, it's but to be, it, for a
3: lot of games, it's the L two and R two.
2: Right for for PS two PS one games rather. And if you were um, remote playing your PS3 or PS4, it was the R2 and L2, uh, which was also weird. It, uh, but yeah, it was. It was. A, I, I. I. feel like the Vita was ahead of its time. It was. It people didn't know what to do with it. And it, the the other thing that killed the Vita is Sony wanting to have its own storage and not use SD cards. Yeah, you were forced to buy this ridiculously expensive memory card that only went up to like 64 gigabytes and people did not like that while the 3ds was able to use standard sd cards and it didn't have a problem with that so jonathan what are, what are your thoughts on the vita and the 3ds uh, mark i don't know if you had either of these things
0: i had a 3ds okay. um from like mid-life cycle um so you had, like, the, f-
2: the first revi- the first revision of the console?
0: You guys will not guess which game I bought a special edition 3DS for. Firearm oh, Emblem Awakening. I wonder, if, I wonder if it was Ocarina of Time. Nope, it'd be Link Between Worlds.
2: Oh, well, it was... One. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the sequel to Link to the Past, guys!
2: Uh, that's right. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's a game yes. I own and I've never played. Yes, I need to play I... it
0: yes so i had um had that game i um you know had mario kart again system seller as you say um and uh, i think it's mario kart 7 for that yeah uh, but yeah yeah so had a had a bunch of games um like that i think i got the i think i bought some because if i remember correctly and again i haven't played the 3ds since i've gotten the switch um the you could play ds games on there right Yes, I think I think I got a bunch of the like when they pulled forward, like the Super Mario Advance that games um, not what was it? not it, I, I got Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time um, for <laughs> for the DS. So whatever that was pulled forward, whether they were advanced, the Ocarina, advanced versions Ocar-
2: or Ocarina of Time was the was a 3D, a 3D version for the 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Mario sixty four was the DS version, the yeah. standard DS.
0: Yeah, so I had those games because I went to GameStop and like picked up a whole bunch of of games like that. Um, uh, yeah, so I got I had those, um, and then I obviously used the three DS sh- shop um, to get all the classic games because you know um, you just give Nintendo two dollars anytime they want it. Um, for those classic (laughs) games because I didn't know about hacking um, 3DSs and things at the time because I was a good boy um, video game console owner at the time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I had all those. Um, Famously, even though now looking back, I am knowing what I know from going through speedrun tactics. Um, The last time I really played my 3DS um, was uh, on the plane back from John's Wedding. Um, where I beat Soda Pop for the first time ever in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Then I found the speedrun tactic for it and found out that, essentially, if you know the tactic, he is a baby game for babies um, to beat in round one. Um, so that is my last memory of the 3DS. Um, it's essentially playing that game on home, coming home from the wedding. Um, but yeah, that was essentially it became my classic Nintendo game cartridge. Um, outside of like i said Mario Kart and um and Link to the, and A Link Between Worlds um you know i i just played a bunch of old games on there um, but the cool thing i got out of it cuz the 3DS had a bunch of cool accessories um is that i had i had the special edition going to the past with the triforce and all on the on the top cover um and then i got the pouch that um the Zelda uh, the pouch that came with special pens and stuff for it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was like that was the first time I got in the handheld, um, for a long time. Um, and then you know, we, you know, then switch came along and I didn't need and I don't travel where I'm not the driver. Uh, so, um, didn't have much use for it much after that, but I, I did really like what I played in the 3DS and it was. Probably the best handheld system that I've had. Oh,
3: you poor thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I didn't, I didn't do much in terms of handheld. So. Yeah.
3: Okay. So that's my lead in. <laughs> I want to start again talking about my personal history with these things. Um, so I, there was a big gap where I was not playing any handheld games um, because the I was not interested in the DS and the PSP. I hated it, and so. Um, like I kept playing Game Boy Advance games because there were a lot of games and they're great, and I can just keep playing them. But then, um, like end of high school through college, I just didn't play any handheld games. Um, the only I had, I was primarily a PC gamer, and then I had my Xbox 360 in college. I'm sorry again. Yes, I was. In, I was in college 20, uh, 2010 to 2013. Um, <laughs> so, like, um, I just had those. Didn't think about handheld games because I didn't have any like travel or anything like that. I was always close to my dorm that I could go play video games if I wanted to. Um, but 2013, I, leave, I graduate college, I get a job. That job um, is the one I'm still in and I had to do a good amount of travel and never at any point, I'm still a little bit confused about this, why I never bought a like a portable game system to take with me on all those work trips. Um, but part of it is, Uh, Okay, jumping forward, during lockdown, I heard a lot of people talking about how great the Vita is, and you got to get a Vita, because they were shutting down the store. And so I um, was trying to find one, but they're hard to find because everybody's trying to get them. And so I got a 3DS instead. And um, the 3DS that I got is an original 3DS that was previously owned by a literal child. And this is this is just the 3DS. And so it is designed for a child. It is not comfortable for me to hold as an adult. Um, So that's why I was saying that it feels terrible, and um, I I don't like to use it, really. I know a lot of people online who really, really like 3DS, but all of them are either using a 3DS XL, or a new 3DS, or a new 2DS, or something like that, one of the newer ones, which are much more ergonomic design and also designed to be used by an adult. Um, The Vita... I finally got one. It is my second favorite handheld console after the Switch Lite. Switch Lite has uh, four shoulder buttons, which basically automatically means it wins. Mm. Um, The Switch Lite also, for anybody at home, the buttons are all much better than Joy-Cons. It's also (laughs) way better to use than a Nintendo Switch. Um, But so Vita, second favorite. And um, I really like this thing. The... um, The... uh, Tom already mentioned a lot of the problems. Um, The reason... So this is, again, like with the PSP, I really like it now. And so I was thinking, why did I not get this thing at the time? The Vita came out, like, in 2012 in North America. And I got that job where I was doing a lot of travel in 2013. Why did I not buy a Vita, which um, at the time, which... now I now know had a lot of games that I'm interested in, um, and so I was thinking about this, and I talked to other people online. So I distinctly remember hearing about the Vita when I was in 2013, like in the apartment I was in at the time um, when I had that started that job. and what I remember literally the only thing I heard about the Vita is PlayStation has released a new handheld. you can use it to play PlayStation 3 games remo- um, like to stream playstation 3 games to it remote play and i thought that's really stupid there's no way it works and i cannot imagine any use case for i am in my home i want to play a game on my console but i don't want to play um in front of the like where my console is set up but i am still going to be (laughs) extreme um, extremely close to the router and my console is also extremely close to the router why why who is that for? I don't get it. Many and,
2: people are asking that same question today.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> now we have five gigahertz Wi Fi. And so like it works. Like you can do that. And um like the there is very little latency if you have if your phone or whatever is a good Wi Fi connection to your router, and then you can just plug in your console. Oh I've yeah, it's done that with my Xbox and
2: it's it, fine. Yeah. It's much better now. I've done it with my PS5 and my mm-hmm. so now it's much better. But at the time, you're right. I yeah. don't know who that was for. I don't know so. I don't know who had good enough internet that they could do that.
3: Uh the answer is literally no one because it's 2.4 gigs um <laughs> Wi-Fi. And if you're like the use case for this is you can be laying in bed and play a game without having to move your console or whatever, right? And no one in the world is ever going to have a good enough Wi-Fi setup in order for that to work with 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, unless you are playing a game that allows for like one or two seconds of lag and you're fine. Yeah, anyway, you got
2: you to be playing a turn-based RPG for that.
3: Yeah. So anyway, what they should have marketed as instead, the thing they should have told people is you can literally play PlayStation 3 and 4 games on your Vita, literally the same game. And it has cross
2: save. Right. They didn't tell anybody that. They forgot no. to mention that. Yeah,
3: yeah. If I buy Tokaiden 2, I can play on the Vita. That is literally the same game that is on PS4 and PC. And it has cross-save. So I can um, play, be playing the game on my console at home and then save, move that save to my um, Vita, take the Vita with me on the trip, continue playing where I was, I come back, I switch back to the console. You may, you may, this idea may seem familiar to you if you have heard of the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> the console that was extremely successful because you can do exactly this thing. Yep. But PlayStation didn't tell anybody. And um, the other thing is what, expanding on what you said, Tom, you were saying that the memory cards are really expensive. The other thing is that the whole Vita itself is extremely expensive. It launched with an OLED screen. And so it's like, it was like, what, 350 bucks? It is as much as a full-size video game console.
2: Yeah, it was not cheap. Not but, cheap at all.
3: But if you had marketed it as, it is literally playing the exact same games. Then people are like, okay, I see why. Um, especially because of stuff like it has an OLED screen. However, instead, what they were saying is like, and buy our special memory card that is very small and extremely expensive for no reason. <laughs> well, the reason is fuck you. That's why. Um, <laughs> Yep, the reason is we're Sony. We yeah. can do whatever the hell we want. Um, and so uh, another thing is, we were talking about the P- uh, the PSP. It was more popular in Japan than the US, and uh, I don't remember if it was Tom or Mark that was saying, but it was still like well well liked in the US. And there's a lot of popular games here. Not the case for the Vita. The Vita was very successful in Japan, and one of my main complaints about the Vita, like that I have now is that so many of the games that I want to play are were only released in Japan, and mm-hmm. they just never bothered localizing them. The thing that makes this extra aggravating is it will be a game where it is the same game that is available on the Vita and PS4, and it has cross-save, as I mentioned. Uh, they released the PS4 version in the US and in Japan, but the Vita version only in Japan. And so I have to get a translation patch to take the script from the PS4 version, and apply it to the Vita version, because they didn't do the work of <laughs> selling the game that they had already made and translated. Because that's how poorly the Vita sold in the
2: US. It- they tried. I mean, they, they, <sighs> they, they even came out with a second version that was cheaper, that didn't have the OLED screen, and it just didn't just didn't work. They just, they didn't, they did not know how to market it to the US.
3: The other thing is, um the back pedals like you were talking about, I know those are like a big thing for gravity rush, and you mentioned uncharted, the like big launch games, yeah um first party launch games and I was as you were talking about that, I was holding my vita in my hands trying to figure out how do they expect you to hold these to um hold the thing and tap those back buttons. yeah, I don't know. and you can't <laughs> you cannot do it um there is no comfortable way to do it uh if you have your. You have to have your hands off of those pads, which means that you have to have an uncomfortable hold on the console. It's not very, um, not very uh, solid. And then you also have to move your fingers, and I don't know how you would smoothly move your fingers to hit those triggers quickly.
2: Yeah, it. Uh, and they did not think that one through.
3: That's so. For, sure. for every other game that is not those that we just mentioned, uh, they simply don't use expect you to have L two and R two, and the game is designed around that, and it's fine. And um, uh, what is it? Oh, Tokiden 2 that I mentioned, which I know nobody else in the world cares about except for me, um, was a cross-save with PS4. PS4 version obviously uses L2 and R2. Um, they have different controls on the Vita so that you tap the bottom right of the actual screen itself, because that is a touchscreen, um, to, do, to do those actions. And so like that is a very comfortable thing to do um, that feels natural because you're barely moving your thumb in order to do that. Um, but that's not how they marketed it. They marketed it as, uh, here's these impossible-to-use to use controls that you know will feel terrible. So,
2: yep, Yeah, I, I went so far as to buy a grip that had R2 and L2 buttons that literally just touched the touchpad for you. That's all it does. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I Because I think Hori made one, and a bunch of people cloned it, and I bought one just, just to have R2 and L2. And I, so I didn't have to physically figure out where I had to touch on the on the dumb Vita. But anyway, moving on. That was the this was the the dark days of of uh, handheld gaming until we had like decent Pokemon games on the 3DS. Even then, the 3DS was the only thing that was selling. You had you had a Mario Kart game again, system seller, and then all of a sudden, Nintendo decides we're going to put out something that's handheld and dockable to play at home. And I think this is really obviously we're talking about the Nintendo Switch, but I think this is really where people saw that they you could sell a handheld device that played, you know, either PC games or uh cut down uh slightly console games from this this generation. And I think everybody's mind was just blown. And everybody thought, man, we could totally do that. We could do it better. Um we could just you know I, there's a lot of there's so many devices so and i think that the biggest thing now is that valve took this idea and said we tried we tried to make our own console once it didn't work it wasn't powerful enough to be a uh, a living room console let's try that in a handheld because it doesn't have to be super powerful it only needs to be 720p or 800p or whatever it is and you can make it dockable if you really want to play it on your tv and once w- once the steam deck came out the floodgates opened i feel like um jonathan you have a steam deck correct yeah okay. steam deck is tied for my second favorite handheld yeah I, and just the fact that after the steam deck came out big companies not just like random chinese companies making uh computer handhelds which there are a ton of those which shows that they are selling because they wouldn't keep making them if they weren't selling but companies like Asus, companies like Lenovo are coming out with handheld PCs. That tells me that this is a huge market and nobody realized how big it is. I think I think once once the pandemic hit and people realize that they may be stuck inside their house and not everybody wants to watch the same thing on TV. Um, that, you know, I can go in my bedroom, I can go in the living room, I can go anywhere, and still be able to play a standard P, um, console style game or uh, a PC game that, you know, will run on on less powerful hardware, um, I can go take that anywhere I want and play it. Uh, and this is on top of the people who would normally buy something like this to travel and things like that. Right. Uh, so I, I go think ahead.
3: I actually want to push back on this narrative when you're done, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, so right. I, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I feel like um Every, everybody has their own screen in their hand now anyway with a phone, so having this device in their hand wasn't that different, and it was portable and powerful, and you could, like I said, you could take it traveling, you could do whatever you wanted with it, and you can you can stream from a more powerful PC in your house if you need to, which is another thing. But yeah, I think that they finally figured out how to market this thing and how now that people understand how to use it, I feel like that's why why we're seeing it. So many people come out with their own versions. Okay, I, <laughs>
3: I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> but I I I don't think the Steam Deck like competitors, knockoffs, whatever you want to call them, the ASUS stuff matters at all because I never hear about anybody buying them, and the reason is because all of those are too expensive because Valve is taking a loss on the Steam Deck, and no one else can do that because they aren't Valve who makes money hand over fist from Steam the store. Yeah. Um, and also because, well, right, so nobody is ever going to buy any um any of those Asus handhelds in big numbers or whatever, because one, what I just said, they're too expensive. They're like $1,000 when you can get a Steam Deck for, I got mine for, four, for $420, um, 420. And the other reason is because Valve puts a lot of work into making games um, uh, Steam Deck Verified. Like, they push out a lot of patches to do updates for specific games to fix to fix things and make them run better. And also, because the Steam Deck is popular enough, it's now a target platform for a lot of PC developers. They will specifically do testing with a Steam Deck to make sure that their game runs on it. Um, they don't do that for the um, ASUS and ASUS is, is not going to do that um, level of work and they can't take that kind of a hit. Those things don't matter. Instead, what I, but I do agree that now is a very big time for handhelds that are not from the major video game manufacturers, any of the devices that we just talked about. Instead, I think the big things to um, look at are like the analog pocket um, or sorry. Yeah. Analog pocket and then mm-hmm. the Retroid devices um, sure. and the Miu mini plus. Um, which are all devices that are shaped like the handheld consoles that we've talked about before, um, but they run and generally run Android and run bu- the idea is that they run a bunch of emulators. Mm-hmm. So you can play any Game Boy Advance, PSP, Super Nintendo, whatever games like that. I think the Retroid Pocket 3 can play through GameCube games. Um yeah, I, know,
2: I know some of yeah. them are getting powerful enough to run GameCube.
3: Yeah. Um and Uh, the analog pocket is also FPGA, the same um, technology that the Mr. uses so that it is not emulation and you can actually put your Game Boy um, and Game Boy color cartridges into the analog pocket. And it runs them because it is exactly mimicking the Game Boy hardware to not use emulation and run it um, accurately and everything. Um, I think these devices are the things to watch because the, That Retroid Pocket 3 that we were just talking about that can run PS2 and uh, GameCube games costs $165. That is the brand new top of the line model that has Hall Effect joysticks, the thing that means that it will never get joystick um, drift ever, ever. Um, The Miu Mini, I saw a bunch of people talking today that there's a Black Friday sale that you can get it for $65. if you oh, trust wow. a less, yes, $65 That's, that's um, pretty impressive for a very well uh, liked handheld that's been around for a while. And um, if you trust a uh, less reputable store, then you can get it for $35. Um, that is a thing that people will absolutely uh, get because um, it is cheap. It is accessible. Um, you can, you have a very large library of games to play from or to play. And, um, a lot of things to choose from. I think I was just Googling release dates for those things. It looks like most of those started in like 2020 or 2019. So I generally, I agree with you, Tom, that there is something happening like right now in recent years where these devices are suddenly becoming much more popular. Um, I think it, and that like handheld gaming is on the rise, (laughs) but I think these are the devices that people are more interested in because um, All the stuff I just said. I think the reason, but then now my speculation, (laughs) I think the reason that this is happening now is not so much lockdown as it is um, because we didn't talk about the biggest handheld device throughout all of this time period, which is the smartphone. Um, iPhone comes out in 2008. If um, early in the first few years of the iPhone, there were a lot of very interesting very good, well liked games for it. Um, things that are like uh, really interested in the challenge of designing around touch controls and exploring what you can do with that interface versus having a contr- um, controller or whatever. And also, people are really interested in this because non-smartphones before that had like Tetris. I remember one friend playing Baldur's or Icewind Dale on their non-smart cell phone. Um, that you could play like really simple games like that but the iphone is way more powerful the app store is huge there's a lot more developers specifically doing work on that you're not limited to what's bundled with your phone um, from the cell phone or um network provider or whatever um but then after uh like many years into the cell phone market we get all of the games that people complain about um like they have extremely intrusive ads and um, they are extremely—I uh, can't think of the word—but bad monetization schemes. Um, exploitative is the word I was looking for. Yep. Exploitative monetization schemes, and in um, a lot of the time in the like mid 2010s, people are willing to overlook that because like you are still playing the game that you like or whatever. But now with like gotcha games being so prevalent, um, the that like exploitative monetization is so obvious and um, pervasive that you can't just like play a game on your phone. Um, They all have like login rewards and um, battle passes that you have to buy and you have to do a lot of research. There's cottage industries of how to um, like best spend your money if you are going to spend money or how to avoid spending money or all the hidden mechanics that you need to know in order to be able to play the game without having um, spent any money. Um, And Uh, stuff like that, Um, all of the uh, extremely annoying ads that turn people off of a game before they even heard, um, like, the instant that they hear that it exists. Um, And also because the, like, app stores are really, really, really bad, the search function is really bad. (laughs) Um, Fun fact, one of my, my first girlfriend in high school Worked for Google and said she was involved in the app store redesign, and I was like, and so I think about her every single time I go to the play, the like Google Play Store, and <laughs> can't find anything because the search is so bad. Um, anyway, I think that um, people are a lot of people are really tired of that mobile game market, and that is why they're like, you know what, I want to play a Game Boy game. <laughs> You know what had good g ga- good handgilt games? The Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's where the Retroid Pocket, Analog Pocket, um, it's uh Miu, Mini Plus, all that stuff comes in. Um and
2: yeah. That's yeah, it. I agree with you. Uh I, I think people want something where they're not gonna get served an ad and they wanna play the games they wanna play. Mm-hmm. And it helps that it's nostalgia talking to playing, you know, games that we all had when we were kids on those 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 devices. Um, and even the Steam Deck you can set up with emulators and stuff, and the Switch has Switch Online, and so I I agree with you. I think we're hitting a point where everybody can play their games from their childhood on their handhelds or their phones or whatever, and it's certainly helping the market. I agree with that. Mark, any thoughts on the Switch or the Steam Deck and any of of that good stuff?
0: No, I just love the conversation here. I agree um, 100% with the the switch has uh outside of a few games here and there um has become you know when i go to it i end up playing you know the retro games and stuff on there maybe that's just it seems to be a pattern with me um in terms of these handhelds um but yeah i'm not going back and playing any switch games that i have beaten um or anything like that like for replayability in that sense um the the one funny story I have is when I was, um, you know, on vacation um, and had my Switch, I, for some reason, played the, I think it's on the Super, I think it's the Super Nintendo, um, has a pool game, as in billiards, um, that I played for three hours to keep trying to get past the third level. Um, for, For no, I don't know why. I've, I had Pokemon at the time and I had all these other games that I could have been playing. Um, you know, unlocking characters in Smash Brothers, you know, anything but the billiards game for the Super Nintendo Online. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the best part about the Switch is it finally gives me an option, um, for portable travel device that has games on it that I want to play. Um, that was the one downside after I beat Link to the Past, or I'm sorry, Link Between Worlds. Um, on the 3DS, is really it was just the retro stuff would be the only reason I'd play um, anything 3DS when I took it around. So um, I think this generation of stuff is giving people a lot more opportunity to, um, as you mentioned, play the retro games, um, whether they want to do it original hardware um, or they want to do you know a bunch of emulator stuff or you know it gives them gives them the opportunity with with really good hardware. Um, to be able to do that. And I think that's the main reason why we're seeing a renaissance um, in it is that the choices out there give you a lot of variety um, and don't force you into um, one type of of uh, handheld um, thing. And I think it's very much like um, you see in, in the console market a little bit is that um, I think we've gotten to a nice group where each one of the, the consoles involved gives you a little something different. Um, so that you um, would have a reason to, you know, uh, continue with it until the end of the life cycle and not uh, just shelve it away. Um, and I can't wait to see what the improvement is um, on the Switch. I just really hope Nintendo doesn't do the thing where they go completely off track because I think this uh, half handheld, half you know, home system is probably probably the wave of the future here. Um, and I hope they, they continue and just improve it, um, rather than trying some new gimmick. Yeah, I think the, I think it's
2: here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm sorry, I have one last hot take.
0: Yeah, sure. sure.
3: The Switch is the successor to the PSP and the Vita, not the 3DS. Um, I with that. For, yeah, for I sure. Guess a thing we didn't mention, Tom, is uh, you play your you have your PSP docked into your TV.
2: Yep, I, I have it set up as a micro console. Yeah, I have I have a PSP Go that I set up with a dock because you can use a PS3 DualShock with it to play PSP and um, and PS1 games. Yeah, and, and it can just
3: my TV, and it can just natively output video to component cables or whatever. Yep. Um, you just get a cord and then you can plug your PSP into your TV.
2: It was the Switch before that the Switch. Yeah yeah, 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 you're you're a hundred percent right and then totally also forget, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> and then the vita like i was saying the really cool thing about it is the cross save you know what's better than cross save is not having to have two consoles and doing the exact same thing
2: <laughs> yep yeah all right excellent conversation gentlemen i appreciate i appreciate the uh insight it's not, Thank you. we don't we don't usually get this deep on uh game vault pod but i'm glad we went deep on this topic because people should know that this it wasn't always
0: this good Yeah, and uh, we'll uh, be moving on to our Retro Roulette. All right. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Um, It was a great discussion on um, handheld games there, Um, which I had a little more um, experience with them to uh, contribute uh, there, but it was nice to hear you guys talk about it. So um, let's bring Jen back in for our very... Good and not frustrating at all retro game this week. Uh, (laughs) Dr. Mario for the NES. Um, Let's start with Jen's opinion since um, we saw Tom and me play it uh, on Extra Life. Um, But yeah, haven't heard what she thought about it yet.
1: Yeah. Um, So I had never played this game uh, and did not know what to expect whatsoever. So I actually played it on the Switch um, because they have, you know, like the old NES games on there. Um, and, uh, when the game booted up, I have never played this before. Like I said, I don't know if Dan had played it on my switch at one point and didn't mention it, but I started off on the highest level at the fastest speed. And with the <laughs> frantic music, it <like, laughs> was like, what is happening? So I paused it. Not well, I just let myself lose. And then when it went to restart, it lets you set the levels and everything. So I was like, okay. What psychopath was playing this on my switch? <laughs> so probably Dan. but um I went to level zero and I set it to the slowest speed, obviously. And then I did uh, calm music. So it was still a pain in the ass. Um, I going into it, I thought it was just Tetris, and I saw those little, I know they're viruses now, but I saw the little viruses, and I was like, oh, they're probably just you know, blocking you to make it more difficult, whatever. I didn't realize. <laughs> Until I asked you guys, please, for the love of God, help me figure this out. I didn't realize that you had to remove the viruses by lining up the different colored blocks with them and, and removing them that way. Um, so I was playing the game for a long time and I was getting pretty decent at lining up the colors the way I wanted to. And you have to line up, you know, at least four and then you remove them. But I'm like, why, why am I not like progressing to the next level? Like I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And that's when you guys stepped in and said you had to actually remove the viruses. And then that just put a whole nother level of difficulty (laughs) on it for me or in it for me, because I couldn't like my brain and I'll blame it on baby brain, but my brain just couldn't compute. Like not only do you have to hardcore strategize, like in the little bit of time you have, all these blocks are falling where I'm going to put the blocks, but you're also trying to work them up to the viruses. so You could knock them out. And so many times I like, double clicked by accident and switched the colors at the last second and messed myself up and I was just it was so frustrating (laughs) and Dan came home from work and he's like what are you playing so I was like oh Dr. Mario and he's like isn't that like a baby game I was like no it is not a baby game it is a very difficult game (laughs) well he was playing it
0: at 9 at the highest speed so maybe it was a baby game yeah
1: I mean geez he might be the Dr. Mario prodigy we probably should have had him on but (laughs) 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 it was it was I didn't beat it. I didn't even beat level zero, which is really offensive. And (laughs) I'm probably going to keep trying for a little while, but this game was, I'm not going to say it was unfun because it was funny, I guess. So I was kind of enjoying it in that, in that aspect, because I was doing so badly, but I am genuinely curious if you guys even beat any levels and like what you think. I know overall, I heard when I walked into extra life, how quote unquote fun it was from when you guys played, but. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it as well.
2: Well, let's just say it's not fun to watch because <laughs> probably not. Yeah, the music is very grating after a while. Mm-hmm. So this is like the first retro roulette game in a long time that I can remember that we're giving we're knocking points off for for music because it was not good. Um, but yeah, we it it took me a little while to figure out what I was doing on on stream. Uh, the first time, the first go-around. But it uh, it ended up... I ended up getting better at it as I went. Once I figured out, you know, there's definitely a a way you need to set things up. Mm-hmm. Um, And I also turned down the speed. I turned down the difficulty to the lowest one, or else I was having some big issues in the beginning. Because I was yeah. trying to watch... I was trying to watch chat. I'm making oh, excuses here. I'm trying impossible. to watch chat, play the game, and talk to Mark at the same time and it yeah. was uh it was difficult but yeah i there was a point where i got in like a in a groove and i was i was doing pretty well i will say though the two player mode has some mario kart bullshit going on <laughs> oh no because when we were playing on extra life i was on a harder difficulty than mark and i beat him there you have to get it's best out of 5 uh, that's first first to 3 wins
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: i had two wins mark had zero all of a sudden I wasn't getting any of the pills I needed. Uh, <laughs> and Mark won two in a row, and then Mark won the third one in a row. It yeah. came back from a two o
0: deficit. <laughs> I, I just Dr. Mario Sharkton, that's, all. that's, that's, that's <laughs> all. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, yes,
2: it's uh it's it's a good game. I mean it's a it's a very good puzzle game. If you're if you're into puzzle games and you don't and you yeah. can just listen to some
0: other music while you're playing, um sure. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed or- it. Or if you're some kind of psychopath and can play it with no music, um, yes. that, is option, can, right? no music. that is an option, right? Complete silence
1: is <laughs> an option.
2: You
0: can turn the music all the way off. Yes,
1: I feel like um, the people who can do like 15 Rubik's cubes at once, that person would be like, "No music, I got this." <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> not me. No, thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. As as Tom said, the the one thing I feel that. The game at, like, the next level of game, um, the, uh, <laughs> the um, what's called? Like, Super Nintendo or N64 ones, um, just kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Capacity. Um, ha- no, no, having more colors and sprites to it um, probably would make this game better and, and a better sound chip and all that stuff. Uh, more than just the game mechanics itself. Um, because the game mechanics are great um, in this in terms of the needing to eliminate the viruses and needing to match four and trying to figure out the strategy in that and all the little small places you can sort of slip a uh, a um, pill in um, to, you know, you know real quick um, like those people that are really good at Tetris uh, mm-hmm. can do. Um, I think that's really the only thing wrong with this game is just the NES sound chip, essentially. Um, I feel the, that... At a a higher, you know, um, level of of hardware, I feel like this kind of game gets better, kind of like how Tetris got better, um, you know, as they, you know, Tetris Effect being the one of the great examples of using more, you know, better sound, better visuals to make a game even better uh, while keeping the same mechanics.
2: I will argue that Tetris had better music to begin with.
0: Yeah, stadium was way better. <laughs> um, well the Tetris effect stuff. Well, oh yeah, Tetris is better than Dr. Mario originally. For <laughs> imagine the originals. Yes. Yeah. 100%.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm just talking music. Music period that that that's an earworm,
0: the Tetris song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they did a great job with the with the 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 chip they had for that. Um, which means that the Dr. Mario people were just lazy or thought this music was good. Don't don't know which it is.
2: Yeah, that's the three different songs. None of them were very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So So when did the other two songs come in? Like, what level do you have to be? You can
2: change them anytime. (laughs) Oh, oh, the
1: frantic. Wait, it was frantic, calm, and something else, right?
2: It's frantic, chill, and I I forget what the other one was.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, I heard two. I guess out of the three, then I don't remember frantic because I was like freaking out the whole time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They were none of them were very good. But I need. No. I'm. I, I made it a point to change it after some. I, I think either Vince or or Jonathan were were saying that this the music was horrendous. So I yeah. I changed it. I,
0: I believe the first woman I brought up was Maiden.
2: Oh, Maiden. That's Probably. right. Mayton said it was bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think I think okay. Jonathan just just said, "Okay, you. guys, I can't take this anymore. I'm out." Um, <laughs> which which I don't blame any of the viewers for doing. Um. Which is why oh, we were getting shit when we were playing
2: it on Extra Life. Like yeah. this is the game you decided to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a punishment that's... for everyone else instead of our Wheel of, of what do we call it? Yeah. The Wheel of Misfortune. Yeah, I mean, well, it
0: wasn't it wasn't the worst game we've chosen to lead it's off. It's a better but, name I mean... than it actually was. Yeah. Okay. Wheel of Consequences. <laughs> the Wheel of Consequences. Like the wheel of Misfortune it. better, though. <laughs> I, but...
1: I almost said the Wheel of the Worst, which is a totally different thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um yeah, so uh, let's get to our scores. Uh, we'll start with Jen.
1: Uh, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5, and I'm not sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Jen I don't really know. really didn't
0: like this one, huh?
1: No, I didn't. I want this to be a baby game for babies where, like, you can... <sighs> this is going to be ridiculous of me to say, and I'm sorry. But I would like a baby mode until I figure out how to get the stupid viruses to go away consistently. Where, you know how, like, the blocks, they drop down at a certain speed? I want yeah. them to stay frozen, and I drop them down.
2: Jen, that's called the pause button.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but when you pause this game, it, the screen goes black.
2: Oh, does it? So I can't even I,
1: plan. At oh, least on that's... the Switch port, I can't oh, even okay. plan my moves. So I want a baby game for babies, and then I'll play it on chill at the slowest. But <laughs> uh, until I get to that point, no thank you. Fair. All right.
2: Tom? I'm going to give it a four out of five.
1: <laughs> oh, snap.
2: It's a very it, I don't know I, I think this is a very good puzzle game. Uh, they did a really good job with taking something like Tetris or Puyo Puyo and putting their own spin on it, and yeah. the the only reason it's not any higher than a four is because the music is horrendous, <laughs> and there's yeah. only three options, and none of them are yeah. good, so that's the, that's why I'm going four out of five.:
0: Yeah, so yeah, mine is three out of five, and um, for the same exact reasons as Tom. Um, the music is what knocks it down, uh, for me. Um, I had fun playing it with Tom, I had fun playing it, you know, when I did it on my own, um, you know, just the complete strategy. It is, it is the kind of game that if you want to keep, you know, progressing, getting better at, it's the perfect game that you can uh, play while listening to a podcast or watching another video on an, on Mm -hmm. a separate screen or something. Um, because there's nothing sound wise, um, that you need to, to play it. Um, So, um, yeah, it works. It works fine in that respect. Um, You don't have to listen to the music, uh, but um, also uh, maybe it's just me that I need some kind of stimuli going on while, you know, whether it's a game or something else, if I have the sound off on my game. Uh, But, yeah, so, you know, three out of five just because of the the music, essentially. Um, I would love to play. This is the only Dr. Mario I've ever played. Even because I played it, you know, before, um, you know, we, we got it for retro roulette here. Um, I'd be interested to try and the other ones to see if my theory about um, having a better sound chip and and more colors to choose from um, improves the quality of the game. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully um, we don't get um, another one of these next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not so much that it's a bad game. You asked for this. You
2: asked for one of the new Nintendo games, and you got I it. Mean, I
0: mean, I mean, I, I did fuck around and found out. So <laughs> yeah, thanks, um, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah, not so much that the game was terrible. It just it wasn't a great retrolet stream game. Um, so, without further ado, uh, Tom, why don't you spin that wheel? And Tom, I think God is uh, forsaking me from my time of praying for NES games, uh, <laughs> because uh, we got another one, and some would say that this character uh, essentially killed the pizza brand for a decade or more. Um, I would agree with why, that. <laughs> why don't you introduce our game for tonight? We are playing
2: Yo-Noid for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And Uh, for for all of you, all of you under the age of 30, Noid was the mascot
0: for Dominoes. Yes. And if I remember correctly from this game, I think there is a weird rock, paper, scissors game at some point um, that occurs between levels or something. Um, I have not played this in a long time. uh, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever played this game before. Yeah.
1: I sure Um, haven't.
0: Yeah. Um, This was part of the collection of my cousin who had a whole bunch of NES games. Um, that I wish I could find. Um, mm. That this this was one of them um, in there. It's also how I found that Bugs Bunny game that I think you have now. Um, yeah, that I love so much. That's an awful awful game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this this one definitely has weird things um, in it. Um, the Noid is a weird character, um, and like I said, it destroyed a pizza brand for a decade. Not, uh, the Noid is such a weird thing because I think he was a bad guy. Yeah, he was, he was like the Hamburglar. Yeah, right. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> he was the pizza version of the hamburger. But he was you just You steal your pizza. Oh boy. Yeah, except it just didn't work. Yeah. You know, he didn't uh he didn't have a hamburger today. What well, was the whole thing, like pay you on Tuesday or something like that? The hamburger's yeah, we, or the thing or whatever.
1: It was a um,
2: weird weird thing. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna be playing You Annoyed. Um I believe it is a side scrolling platformer. It is. Um so you're gonna have some fun, Mark. Yeah, I'll play it this week. Um But yeah, this is hopefully, um, at some point, maybe we can run through mascot games, even if they're not on your wheel. You know, At some point, play Cool Spot, um, the 7-Up mascot game, Um, which had a version of Othello in it at some point. Um, That
2: makes sense,
0: yeah. (laughs) uh, So, yeah. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for donating to The Extra Life. We've already done that. Uh, Remember, you can go to TonyURL.com. Uh, slash um, GVP Extra Life. That's G- TonyURL.com slash GVP Extra Life. You can donate through the end of the year, December 31st. Um, hopefully, we've hit our 750 goal. If not, those a few bucks and help out. Um, and we'll be back tonight with Yo Noid. Um, and then, you know, depending on how this week goes, um, may or may not have a stream from me as I like to do some streams during, you know, holiday weekends. If I'm not, I don't have plans. So just be on lookout for um, Friday, most likely, um, for anything. So thank so thank you again for listening. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye.